0: Welcome to The Out-of-Pocket Podcast. I'm your host, J.P. Nida. Thank you so much for listening. Let's dive right into the episode. What is up, everyone? Welcome into episode 19 of The Out-of-Pocket Podcast. And today we're going to be talking about the NBA Finals and a season recap and everything Bucks and Suns in general. I'd also like to address media... Overhype, hype over-inflation of a player's stock, if you will, and a little bit of the Kardashian curse with Devin Booker. Let's get right into it. Let's start things off by congratulating the new NBA champ, Milwaukee Bucks. I did not think I'd be saying that this year. I did not think I'd be saying that two weeks ago. I didn't think I'd be saying that when I the season started back in December. I'd like to start with Giannis, the Finals MVP. He, he earned it. He asserted himself and he played like an absolute wrecking ball. He doesn't take possessions off. He's got Russell Westbrook energy in a with a Shaquille O'Neal esque dominance, but born in like he he is he is, and he's so lovable and he's so like he's got so much character and he's so he's so funny. He's not he's not entitled like a lot of young. American superstars are, because he hasn't had that his whole life, he hasn't been catered to by AAU coaches, and college coaches, and all that stuff, and he really is, like, the American dream, and he still, like, takes pride in his roots and stuff, with, but he, he overcome so he overcame so much more adversity than any, any superstar in my, in my era, and that's, that's amazing. It's I I've got a ton of respect for that. Where does he stand in the league nowadays? Is he is he the best player in the NBA? And I've heard that a lot with a lot of the media right now. Colin Cowherd said he's the best player in the league. Bill Simmons said he it's his league right now and it's up to everyone else to take it from him. And I like to agree with that. But you can't just he had he had a good year this year, but put put some perspective into this, we're three inches of, of KD's shoe away from K D getting all this praise and the media questioning first of all, Mike Budenholzer would be without a job. No no hesitation. If they lost to Brooklyn, Coach Bud's done. And I still don't think he's the even the best coach for that situation, but he's gonna keep his job because you can't fire a coach after winning a championship. We're one KD big toe away from being, from KD being the best player in the world. So, let's, that, and that brings up a bigger point of a lot of the, the NBA media leaders right now like to award best player in the world or superstar all these titles so quickly without any hesitation or without any, without any context. And I feel like that is, A, so damaging to so many guys' brands. And he's not... And, y- and Giannis isn't better than Kevin Durant. Giannis might be, a, like, a little bit better than 37-year-old LeBron James, but he's still in that same level, and that's... It's it's close. But he's not better than Kevin Durant. He's not better than Pete Kawhi. Like, it's... And I get you have to be at your... like. The best ability is availability, so you have to you have to be available for your team, and Kawhi, especially recently, hasn't been. But Giannis still isn't that it isn't that guy. Like Kawhi's Toronto championship is three times more impressive to me than Giannis's championship this year. All championships are impressive, but there's levels to it. I'm a Warriors fan, but The two rings that Kevin Durant got aren't as impressive as Dirk Nowitzki's ring. Kawhi's ring in in Toronto is more impressive than Kevin Durant's ring. I guess my whole point in this lead-in is trying to say, slow your roll on anointing players in the moment as the best on the planet. Or, like, if you would have... After game two, you you can ask anyone, and they would have told you that Devin Booker is probably a top 10 player, which is ludicrous, and they would have told you that Giannis might not be a top 10 player, which is also ludicrous. Stephen A. Smith said that Devin Booker is the next Kobe. How? That is not fair to Devin Booker. That's disrespectful to Kobe. You can't you cannot compare the two players other than the fact that they're both shooting guards who don't like to pass a lot. Kobe yeah, that, that not the same. Not the same. Giannis is the fourth best player in the NBA. And it's close. It's Kevin Durant, LeBron, Kawhi, Giannis, and then Steph. Him and Steph are on like the same tier. Like they're four, four A and four B. That's that's how that's how I think about it. Chris Middleton. Stop trying to tell me that Chris Middleton's better than Jimmy Butler. Stop trying to tell me that Chris Middleton would be great on his own. I have no doubt that he'd do fine. But this is like. This is like the shit when Colin Cowherd tried to tell us that Clay Thompson was a top 10 NBA player after the 2017 finals, which is isn't true. Like there's more offensively capable and offensively diverse options on offense and better defenders and overall just better basketball players than Clay Thompson. I can t- I can tell you there at no point have I thought is a top 10 player. And Chris Middleton is very similar to Clay Thompson, both in stats and in role on this team. Chris Middleton is has been a little better on ball. Scratch that. Chris Middleton has been a little better off ball than Clay Thompson was in these in these finals versus how Clay was in his. But if you look at their stats, Chris Middleton averaged twenty twenty four, five, and eight in these finals. And Clay averaged 24 3 and 3 in the 2015-16 finals. The for their first championship. Sorry. In the 2014-15 finals. That would be their first championship. So I don't want I don't want to hear it. He's not he's not an, Chris Middleton's not an alpha dog. He's a roller coaster. You never know what kind of production you're getting from Chris Middleton. And that's why he's not that's why you need the Giannis of the world. That's why you need the LeBrons, the Stephs. You need the people to lead your team. You need the actual superstars, the stars in the league. Devin Booker isn't there. That that that's this this connects so well to episode 18. What I, what I talked about a couple weeks ago. Not everyone's a star. Not everyone gets to be a star, and that's okay. There's less I, I I'm gonna start counting next season how many people, according to Mark Jackson, are st- st- he's a young star in this league, Jeff. No, he's not. He's not. He's a young, he's an up and he's a potential star. He's 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 almost there. He's an all he can be an all star. He can be a high level player. But like when you're in the top top percent the top one percent of players in the world, not everyone gets to be a star. Let's address the Phoenix Suns. That's a tough series, especially how hot they came out in games one and two. And I was going to come out and make a a podcast after after game two, and I bit my tongue. I'm glad I did. I also had an uploading episode. This is episode 19.2, technically, because I had an uploading issue after I was trying to do it after game five. Anyway, tough series for the Suns. Something was definitely wrong with Chris Paul, but I can I don't I don't know I'm I'm I I want to hold Devin Booker more accountable because I really do think he has the chance to be great, not like Kobe, but great like a. I don't know who to he, he's a Devin Booker he's he's a, he's his own he's his own deal he's a, he's his first of what Devin Booker does. And he's got the chance to be absolutely great. And his stats took a massive dip. Consistently throughout the playoffs, too. But not in the finals, they especially cratered. His three-point percentage and his rebounding took the worst hits. He shot... He he averaged 35-8 on 50-40-90 against the Lakers. 50% from the field, 40% from three, and ninety percent from the free throw line. And it went down against the Nuggets, and it went down even more against the Clippers, and then against the Bucks, he averaged 27, 4, and 4, which is don't get me wrong, that's pretty spectacular for anyone in the highest level of basketball in the world. But it wasn't. It's not the same as what he was doing against the Lakers. He, would, he had more intensity. His shot making was better. His he was more careful with the ball in the first round, and I think that says a lot about Drew Holiday. You can you can credit a lot of Devin Booker's poor performance to Drew Holiday, and his intense defense. There's one big thing that we did forget about though, and that's the Kardashian curse. Only one time in NBA history has the Kardashian curse ever won a title. And that's due to LeBron being absurd. And that was Tristan Thompson in 2016. But that and that was due to LeBron's heroics. But uh, we should we should have known it all along. He's dating Kendall Jenner, and and that could be a really big reason why he lost the why the Suns lost the finals. No, I'm I'm only jokes, only kidding. But it was his play that lost them the finals. And you can credit that to whatever. But the Kardashian curse has never been wrong. LeBron's an exception. The Kardashian curse has never been wrong. The last thing I'd like to address in this episode is expectations. Really early expectations for next season. And the odds came out on Thursday night right after the Bucks won... Or the Tuesday night right after the Bucks won the title. And the Nets... Then the Lakers. Then the Bucks are the favorites to repeat. And I think that's exactly how it is. I think that's exactly... That's a great starting point, especially without free agency or the draft or any of that context. Um, oh, how could I forget the biggest, the biggest news that I have yet to address on this podcast is Damian Lillard. Right? What... What's going on in Portland? He's in. He's he's gonna play for Team USA right now, and I have a Team USA podcast uh, prepared coming up next week, so that's gonna be pretty exciting. But what what what's the best offer you could get for Damian Lillard? I think Philly's got a good package because Ben Simmons is the only blue chip prospect that you can get for him right now. Uh, I think Golden State's got a good collection of assets, but as a Warriors fan, that makes me cringe, because I don't I don't think that's a successful enough team, and I also would not like to sacrifice enough of my future as a as a team that much of my future for one more one or two more championships or just the opportunity to compete because I don't think that's enough to win a championship, especially not if it's Steph Clay Dame and Draymond versus KD, Harden, Kyrie, and Blake Griffin. It's not enough. So I don't I hope he doesn't go to the Warriors. And I think the Lakers would be a great fit. I think they'd be really entertaining. I don't think I don't think their issue necessarily was point guard. I think their issue was chemistry. And I think Damian Little would fit in fine there. I mean there are, it's LeBron. Anyone can play with LeBron if you give it enough time but i trade. but i don't know why portland would accept ever a trade package of Taylor horton tucker kyle kuzma dennis schroeder and second rounders because that's not enough for the second best point guard in the game and the most clutch player in the nba that's not enough to to get him away from portland in my opinion the most interesting team that I've possibly thought of is Boston, and I know that wasn't on his list, but I really think a combo of Tatum, Lillard, and if you can keep Brown if you're Boston, that'd be great, but I, I think you're going to need to give up Jalen to get uh, to get Dame. So a roster of, or starting lineup of Damian Lillard, Marcus Smart, Evan Fournier, Jason Tatum, and Robert Williams... That's a pretty good team. That's better than last year. And at least they have an identity. That was the Celtics biggest issue was a lot of your turn, my turn, kind of just no, there was no flow. They had no real offense. It was just a lot of Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum, ISO, ISO, ISO. No, there's no, there, there wasn't a lot of juice to their offense. So, I think I think the Celtics should make a move because they never have, and they've fallen short every year. And they've had a great window to compete, especially when that Cavs team, that really shitty Cavs team, was there, and they had just a great chance to make the finals. And they blew it because they didn't make trade. They didn't make the trade. They didn't pull. The- they didn't. And Dame's got a long enough contract that he'll stay there. And especially if you're winning. One of the other teams on his list was New York and I really don't think the Knicks should do this. I th- the Knicks need to s- to slow down again, keep keep the slow grind going. You you they had an amazing year with Julius Randle and RJ Barrett. Don't stunt that growth. Don't take the ball out of RJ Barrett's hands. He's getting there. It's his second year in the league. Just don't do it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Like I said, I've got more stuff coming, Uh, Team USA podcast, and I've got a um, college football podcast, Texas, Oklahoma, the Big 12, super conferences, and I've got a whole bunch of thoughts on that. So might be a multiple podcast week. We will see. Thank you so much for listening again. Have a great day.